It's the Perry and Shauna podcast on the real life journey with you, reminding you that you are Abba's beloved child and that Jesus has called you into his massive mission to heal the world. I don't know how you feel about New Year's resolutions. I have been on a journey in my life of New Year's resolutions because I love new beginnings. I love Mondays. I know that's not usually a popular thing. It's a gift. I like Mondays because (laughs) I feel like it's a brand new start, a brand new week. I love the first of the month. feels like it's an opportunity to start fresh. You know, I don't know. So obviously, New Year's, big deal. Like this brand new year, stepping into something new and... Anything's possible, right? So right. I do. I like New Year's resolutions. I've had at times like a a word for the year, and I actually think the Lord might have given me one of those this morning on my way in. I'm very excited about that. Really? Yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah? I got two words. Okay. Michigan football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I came into the studio this morning, and I, actually I saw Ben's gear before I saw your gear, Perry, but Ben's wearing the Michigan sweatshirt. Is that a Christmas sweatshirt? Is that new, or is that just—is that what, no. why we won the game yesterday that you were no. wearing that? No, this is a couple of years old. Gotcha. This is a brand new Michigan hat. Oh, yeah, he had his—what uh, do you call that thing? A chook. A, his Michigan chook and his Michigan t-shirt on, which I know yeah. is— a well-loved T-shirt, not it a is. new Christmas. Well-worn. <laughs> well-worn, well-loved T-shirt. Anyway, New Year's resolutions, isn't that what we're talking about? Yeah, so, okay, and a word. So, and, and my word, yeah, I got a word this morning, and, and mine was not go blue or whatever you said. Right, Michigan What did you football. say, Michigan football? Yeah, anyway. Okay, so talking about New Year's resolutions, maybe you think about what you want to do in a year. What do you want to do in 2024? What is your New Year's resolution? Or I think it was a friend of ours, David, who flipped this for me and and asked the question, who do you want to be in a year? And I like that question a lot better. You know what? I've actually been thinking about this throughout the the Christmas break. Mm-hmm. That And you brought it up. I've been thinking about that. Who do I want to be in a year? It's just, yeah, it's really been churning stuff in me. Yeah, me too. But I, I listened to a leadership podcast on the 31st on New Year's Eve that kind of I feel like pressed it even deeper for me. And the podcast was the leader who was leading the podcast said, you know, I'm not into New Year's resolutions. I'm really not into this whole thing, but mm-hmm. I do have a practice that helps to frame up how I live out my life. And I revisit it at this time every year. And this is what the practice is. It's, it goes a little bit dark, but stay with me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Cause I think it's really good. But he read this, I think he read this in a book. It was to simply Consider your life as a whole. So think about your end of life. Mm -hmm. It's your memorial service and the people that were most important in your life, the people who are asked to speak and to share a eulogy, share words about you. They step forward. What do they say? So the practice is to actually write out, write out what your wife would say, write out what Mm. your husband would say, write out what your children would say about you, what you want them to have said about you. Chances are it's not going to be, wow, you know, Perry was just a fantastic radio host. Mm-hmm. His skills on air were just, you know, nobody else did it the way Perry did it. It'll be secondary. Yeah. It, it's going to be, you know, Perry was so reliable. I knew that when I shared in confidence with Perry, that not only was can he going to hold that confidence, but he was going to 
take that to the Lord in prayer. And if the Lord spoke something to him, that he would bring that back to me. You know what I mean? Like those are the kinds of things you want to be known for. Wild bulls would have to wrestle it out of me. There you go. (laughs) He was a trustworthy friend. So anyway, if you do this practice, you you write out the eulogies. This is what the leader was saying. He says, you know, identify some themes in each of the eulogies. What were the people saying about you? That's who you want to be. Honestly. So if you were to narrow that down to like five to nine words that kind of stand out to you and then make those the pillars and posts for your life for the year. So you come across a decision that you have to make. What were those five to nine words that really jumped out at you? And how do they help you to navigate the choices that you have to make? Because that will lead you down a path to becoming that person. It's the whole thing of, you know, what's the vision? Mm-hmm. At you know, go all the way forward to the vision, and then work back from there. Exactly, that's exactly it. And I had a a circumstance ho- happen. I was in the conversation over break, and we're just we were out to lunch together, having a good time with people that are really precious to me that I love really deeply. Just having fun, having a good meal, and the conversation came up that I was a name dropper, hmm. and everybody laughed about it, and everybody agreed. Oh, yeah, you're such a name dropper. And I was like, <laughs> "Ouch!" exactly. I was like, oh, my gosh. I laughed along with them, but there was a truth that kind of penetrated my heart in the midst of it. Did you drop Ben's name? I did. I was like, I know Ben Fridzma. Do you know Ben Fridzma? And they were like, oh, you're such a name dropper. But anyway, I, I realized, yeah, it hurt my pride. Big time, it hurt my pride. It was painful. I'm not going to lie about that or try to make it light. It really did hurt, genuinely. But I also knew that there was some truth in it because they went to set it if it wasn't true. And that is not who I want to be. And so it caused me to really think about who I want to be. And even though it was hurtful, sure. it, was, it was honestly helpful as well. Because that isn't who I want to be. So I asked myself the question, like, why do I do that? I brought it to the Lord in conversation. I asked him, why do I do that? Why am I a name dropper? And it, I think what it comes down to is it makes me feel important. Yeah, it goes to our identity. Yeah. And one of the ways that the enemy gets influence in my life is to make me feel like I'm not significant. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm battling that, if I feel like the enemy is telling me you're not significant, maybe if I drop a name, other people will think I'm important. Ooh, oh, she, she, she interviewed so-and-so. Yeah. It's, it's a very human thing, but it is something that, you know, for a follower of Jesus, we do need to, oh. we do need to realize when we're doing that. It's just not where I want to find my significance, right? So in in pressing in deeper, I was realized I reminded I was reminded of God's love for me and that I matter because I matter to Jesus, because I matter to him. So the more that truth makes its way into my thinking, the more that I believe it, and then the less I feel like I need to drop a name so people know I'm somebody. This is so real. That's so real life. Ah, it's so painful. Thanks it's, for being honest. Yeah, absolutely. I did the work. <laughs> yeah. And it's worth it. Nobody's perfect. Here's the thing. We're all on a journey of knowing more and more how much God loves us and then letting go of the stuff that we think has got to make us important and significant. So are there things in your life that you want to change? I'm convinced that the more we lean into Jesus, the more we see ourselves the way that he sees us, the more that we will actually become that very person. So let's lean in together 
to becoming who God created us to be in 2024. What do I need to do to get God to love me, to get his approval and keep his approval? How can I know I'll be with him in all the indescribable wonders of paradise when I die? If you follow Jesus, you know the right answer. It's not by our performance and works that we receive God's favor, but it's by trusting in the performance of Jesus. I know the right answer. So, Shauna, why is it so easy for me to think it's on me Mm. to get God's approval and to keep it? Good question. I wish we could shed that once and for all. It's just kind of an ongoing battle. Knowing the right answer isn't the same thing as trusting in it, clinging to it, walking it out. It's got to move that 18 inches from my head to my heart. Well, the crowds are seeing Jesus' miracles, hearing his teachings. They see that this guy is tight with God and knows the way to God. And Jesus says to them, John 6, 27 and following, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. What they hear Jesus say is, there are works we need to do to earn eternal life. That's what they're hearing him say. That's Mm -hmm. not what Jesus is telling them. That's what they're hearing. There are works we need to do. So they ask Jesus, what must we do to do the works? Remember, Jesus said work Hmm. for the food. And, And they say, what must we do to do the works God requires? And Jesus gives the mic drop. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Believe that the Father has sent me, and you will have eternal life. My best friend, the doc, helped start a program at a Michigan university that's teaching students how to start businesses, and he worked closely with another guy, Jerome, to build this program, and they became fast friends. About three years ago, Jerome was diagnosed with aggressive pancreatic cancer at 50. Mm. And Jerome knew the doc was a Christian, but had never been open to talking about faith. But doc would say stuff like, hey, buddy, I'm praying for you. And about a week before Jerome passed, the doc went to see him and said, Jerome, this is the question he asked him, guys on his deathbed, Jerome, what are you looking forward to? Mm-hmm. Isn't that an interesting mm-hmm. question? That's great. To just draw him out. And Jerome said, I talked with my priest and I asked him, what works do I need to do to be right with God? Wow. (laughs) And the priest said, do you believe in the work of Jesus Christ that through his death, his life, his death and resurrection, there's forgiveness of all your sins and the gift of eternal life? And Jerome said, yes, I believe that. And he really meant it. Mm. And the priest said, well, then... That's all the work you need to do. Hmm. That's it right there. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. I mean, that's direct correlation of Scripture. That's exactly the story in Scripture that you were talking about, but real time today. Mm -hmm. Is that really it? The only work we need to do is trust in Jesus' work for eternal life? It seems too easy. Well, if we have life in front of us, there's following Jesus, there's growing in faith, hope, love, and obedience— But any real change that ever comes always flows out of that one thing. 
believing that Jesus is the one the Father has sent for our redemption. Mm. You know, I think that the believing is the key because the more that we can press into the believing, because believing is a spectrum. Eh, I do believe, help my unbelief, right? So it's a spectrum. There's We can have it and yet long for more of it. But the more that we believe, the more it shapes the way that we live and the things that we do. That's it right there. And if we're not changing, listen to this. If we're not changing, it's not time to try harder and strive to get God to love us. That would be easy to fall into Mm -hmm. for not changing. It's time to believe in Jesus if you're not changing. The one the Father has sent. 19th century theologian and pastor Albert Barnes says, The idea of doing something to merit salvation is one of the last that the sinner ever surrenders. Mm. That's powerful. But I'll put it this way. The idea of doing something to merit salvation is something this sinner, Perry LaHaye, needs to surrender every day. So one of the things that I like to switch up with the turn of the new year is my reading plan with reading scripture. I've I've done a lot of different things over the years. I've done a two-year reading plan several times over and over again, but I've never tried to do the whole Bible in a year. But that's what I'm doing in 2024. Have you done that before? Not in one year. Yeah. Never done it in one year. I've done it over several years, working through it chronologically, Mm -hmm. but not one year. I feel like I've been intimidated by it in the past. Like, woof, the whole Bible in a year, that's a whole lot to, you know, I don't want to just like swallow, swallow, swallow hard without really marinating in it. And so I'm on day two. I'm killing it. Right now, Way to go. Bible reading. Way to go. <laughs> yeah, and it is a chronological plan, so I'm very excited about that. So it's not like Genesis through Revelation; it'll skip throughout because it's chronological. But it's about three to four chapters a day, which is not at all intimidating. One, two. I've got a fantastic Bible app that I can listen to audio Bible. I I like to use Streetlights. You can listen to audio Bible. So I can, I'm not only just reading it in my reading time, but I'm also listening to it because I really want to get it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to check it off my list. I want to experience it yeah. and I want to hear what God has for me in it. So I'm excited diving into it. And I think a lot of times when it comes to reading the Bible and starting a practice of reading the Bible, we have a tendency to focus on the books that we really like. Maybe spend a lot of time in the New Testament and not as much time in the Old Testament. Maybe we, you know, specifically like to just hone in on verses that matter a lot to us and just sit with those verses, but we don't have a whole lot of the story of context, like who wrote those words and who were they writing to and why did they write it? What was the context of what was going on at the time? I'm working through John 316 and 2024. You know, just gonna you go, man. I'm gonna camp right there, dude. I taught on that on Christmas Eve, and it's gold. Oh, gosh, see what? So why? You why could. do I need anything else? <laughs> you could, you could just sit right there. But let me tell you why you need anything else. All right, all right. Because the whole story of the Bible reveals the whole character of God, and if you just sit in one section, if you just park on one verse, you're gonna miss out on some of who He is. All the nuances. I mean, the Bible, you could say, really is rooted in John 3.16. Yeah. But it doesn't 
have the full. It's like watching one minute of a movie. That's it right there. So if you dropped into a movie and you watched one minute, wouldn't you be like, wait, who's that guy? Well, why did he say that? Well, of course you'd want to understand the context. Reading the whole Bible gives you the the whole context, the whole story. And so, and I think another important part to when we talk about Bible reading, if you're going to start a practice of Bible reading, whatever plan you're going to lose, use (laughs) is to keep in mind that it's not for the sake of checking off boxes. It's not for the sake of, you know, the attaboys, the pat on the backs, or even being able to, you know, quickly answer those Bible questions to get the stickers Right. In your Bible. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about earning points with God. Right. And there are religions, whole religious systems that are based on earning points with God. And that can slip into our Christian faith, but that's not what it is. Right. And I think, too, when we're reading the Bible, we can look at the Bible for, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And that's not a bad question to ask, but I think it's really helpful to take the emphasis off of me. That's really good. And put the emphasis on God. So yeah, ask the question, what do you want me to do? But let's first look for God. I want to know your character. I want to know your heart. I want to fall more in love with you in 2024. It's not just that I can say, and I don't want to just buy a t-shirt that says I did it. (laughs) I read the whole Bible in a year. I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. God, what could you possibly do through me? God, what could you possibly do in me apart from my striving and 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 trying really, really, really hard? Yeah. Yeah, I want to marinate in the truth. I, I'm realizing more and more how much lies have influence in my heart. And I know the truth. We just talked about this a few minutes ago. Knowing it isn't enough. I mean, I told you I taught on John 3.16 on Christmas Eve, right? I mean, That conversation, those words spoken, which some scholars say, yes, it was Jesus who said those words. Other scholars, you know, they don't put it in red ink. They say it was, this was John's interpretation of, you know, it's part of the conversation, but we're no longer quoting Jesus here. Mm -hmm. Whether Jesus said it or not, it's God's word. (laughs) God said it, right? But the thing is, this conversation, he said that in the midst of a conversation with Nehemiah, who was the religious leader of the day who had all the answers to all the questions and he met with Jesus at night so he could secretly ask the questions he didn't have answers to. Mm. And Jesus said, this is the answer. The answer is found in me for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, that's a great example of what you're saying about motive is that we want reading through God's word to mess with the religion mm-hmm. in our hearts. Oh, come on. Mess with the religion in me, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to know more about you for the sake of the points and all of the things. I want to know you so that I become more like you, so that the motivations of my heart are your honor. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't care if anybody even notices. I just want you to be honored and glorified in my life. This year, is going to be a great adventure for you, Shauna Byer. Mm-hmm. It sure is. I'm reading through the Bible in a year. And if you want to join me, I'm using Tara Lee Cobble's reading plan. It's called the Bible Recap. And I'd be happy to send you a link if you want to join me. Let's take on the whole Bible in 2024, not for the sake of knowing more about the Bible, but for the sake of knowing God more intimately. If you want to join me, just text me here, 800 968 
800-968-8930 and I'll send you the link. 800-968-8930. Let's lean in this year to knowing and following God with our whole heart faithfully. I'm not who I used to be. I used to be an enemy of God. If you'd have seen me when I was an enemy of God, you wouldn't have thought, oh, there's an enemy of God. You know, if you would have just looked at the surface, you would have thought, there's a fine young man. But then again, if you would have seen some of my worst sins, Mm. then probably you would have said, oh, yeah, there's an enemy of God. That's a big time sinner. But I'm not who I used to be because something happened to me. I have been crucified with Christ. Mm-hmm. Galatians 2.20. I us, love it. Hit us with Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. Mm. But Christ now lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm not who I used to be. Mm-hmm. I'm living for Jesus, Jesus Christ. That I've been crucified with Christ means first and foremost, that through my faith in Jesus, the condemnation and judgment I deserve for being an enemy of God fell on Christ and not on me. I'm not who I used to be because I used to be an enemy of God, but now God calls me his friend. Mm -hmm. And if you can think of anything better than that, you're going to have to tell me because I can't. It's good news. And now I've been given a new power. This is the thing about living for Christ is that we're given a new power. It's the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. And I have the the Holy Spirit to enable me not to live for myself because it's, I still have selfish desires and I still have pride in my heart and all that junk. But Christ has given me the Holy Spirit to not live for myself and what I selfishly desire, but to live, let Christ live his life of love through me. I'm finding that the more this truth of Christ loving me and dying for me when I was his enemy, when I was at my worst, the more this truth is sinking in and the more Christ is living through me. Mm. Yeah, that's it. I, I think that we get hung up on thinking that all the weight lies in one particular moment. <laughs> when mm. you, you were talking about how if I, you know, if you looked at my life in general, from what you saw from the outside, what you saw on social media, it might look like, yeah, she's all right. He's all right. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're a decent human being. But if you were to zoom in on the worst moment, if you yep. were to zoom in on mm-hmm. me acting like an enemy of God, you'd think that person doesn't walk with the Lord. She doesn't love God. Mm-hmm. And we, we zoom in and we think it all ha- comes down to one moment instead of recognizing that God is so much greater than we are and he sees the whole of it. He sees all of who we are. I had a conversation with a friend over the weekend who she was on a trip and she had entrusted someone that she trusted with her dog, whom she loves, her best buddy and best friend. She entrusted this this friend to take care of him. Well, he had taken the dogs, he has a dog as well, and he had taken both of the dogs, hers and his, to watch fireworks. And they were behaving really, really well, and so he took them both off leash to let them just relax. And somebody shot a firework off nearby, and her dog bolted. Mm. 
So she's out of the country. Somebody else is watching her dog and they lost her dog. Mm. It was terrifying. She got a text from the person who found her dog saying, hey, you know, my name is so-and-so and I have your dog. Where do you want to meet up and how can I get him back to you? Well, immediately following that was a text from her friend who said, I am so sorry. I'm sure you've already heard from somebody about them finding your dog. I have him. We've reconnected. You know, everything's good. I'm sure you'll never trust me to watch your dog again. Mm. And her immediate response was, what I know about you is not defined by one moment. Oh, that's good. I would definitely trust you to watch my dog again. And I thought, what what a good response, right? Because if it all came down to that one thing that you did where you blew it, you know, that doesn't define who we are. Yeah. We're, we're bigger than that. She says, I'm in relationship with you. I know who you are and I would trust you all over again with my dog. Yeah. That is really beautiful love there. And it just makes me think of, you know, Jesus, when he called Peter, for example, he knew that Peter was going to deny him three times. I mean, right at the start, when he first met Peter, he knew, oh, there's the guy. I'm going to call him the rock, but he's going to deny me three times. Yep. But... I believe in Peter. What that says to me is in the moment when I've blown it and I feel like I'm disqualified right now, how could God love me? I don't look anything like someone who loves and pursues God and walks with God. I know in that moment that God is sees all of who I am and he loves me because he loves me. He gave his life for me when I didn't deserve it and I can't disqualify myself. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, lives in me. The life I live in this body, I live by faith, by trusting, relying on, clinging to the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me, and doesn't look at my faults and say, that defines you. He looks at who we're becoming in him. He says, I believe in you, and you can become everything that I am. Not who it was. Thanks for letting Perry and Shauna walk the real life journey with you. The content from the Perry and Shauna podcast comes from their live show, Perry and Shauna Mornings on 89.3 Moody Radio, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Reach out to us by texting 800 968 8930 and please subscribe.